Welcome to the Smut and Spice podcast, where we're living vicariously through the female main characters in reverse harems, dark romances, paranormal romances, and bully romances. We're your hosts, Sam and Sarah. And today we have a special guest, the author behind Titan, a gargoyle daddy dom romance, Jillian Graves. Welcome, Jillian. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. In today's episode, we will be discussing Titan and talking with Jillian about her process, upcoming works, and a good number of fan questions. A trigger warning is here for violence and daddy kink. Be warned, this episode may contain spoilers and explicit content that is inappropriate for those under 18. This show is not for children. (laughs) So in this episode today, we aren't going to get into a summary of Titan because we've already talked about that book. If you would like more information on Titan, you can go ahead and check out our daddy episode where we went into great lengths about our thoughts and feelings on Titan. Uh, There are spoilers uh, for Titan in the daddy episode, and there may be spoilers throughout this episode. So if you haven't read the book, stop the podcast, go read it and come back. This is Jillian's debut novel, and it has seen much deserved success. And we are both so excited to see Jillian get the recognition that she deserves for this book. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. And I love listening to that um, episode. We had a lot of fun recording that one. I know (laughs) Sarah was pushing for a daddy episode for forever, so she was super pumped. I mean, you really can't go wrong. And I feel like people are more and more into the daddy kink, so there's a lot of good stuff out there. Yeah, especially combining daddy with monster. I mean, you can't go wrong. No. All right, so I'm going to kick us off with um, some of my questions. First of all, we both love the book. I'm a huge daddy fan, so combining them together, I absolutely loved it. Uh, What made you want to write Gargoyles, and was there another monster that you were thinking of or contemplating? Um, Okay, so there wasn't another option for monster. Um, It was, you know, Gargoyles or Bust, because I think... When I think of the kinks that I wanted to explore, gargoyles are just like so perfectly like tailored made for it. Um, And also, you know, I had a huge crush on Goliath and, um, you know, it kind of matched up perfectly, I think, with the daddy kink. Because, you know, gargoyles, (laughs) if you like think of them as like monsters, what are they? They're, They're loyal. They're super protective. They're always like vigilant and watching. Um, and they're very like family oriented within their own group. Um, so they kind of just lined up perfectly with like what type of story I wanted to tell. Yeah, I def- I think it worked really well. Um, I agree. And Thank I you. like that there's like the magical aspect of it too. So he has, he can look, appear human-ish, you know, mm-hmm. n- not, not 100%, but pretty close. Um, so I think it was a good combination of gargoyle and magic. Well, thank you. Yeah, I just uh, think about the practicality of it a lot, where I was like, well, I, you know, I want them to be able to go out if they need to and not just be stuck in the shadows all the time. You know, he's got to buy her her like new wardrobe every year and he's got to be able to like get out to the shop. So he's got to be in human form, at least part of it. Listen, when he cash apped her that money, I was done. <laughs> I, was, so I was like, yep. I'd be ready to go, too. Uh You know, no foreplay needed. That's it. (laughs) At that point, Sarah texted the group chat to say, I'm 100% in. I'm down for the gargoyle daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, 
I don't know if you've like noticed this, um, and I saw this a lot in like older historicals that I loved, um, but there would always be a moment where the hero has given the heroine like everything, like all this stuff. And then she would have this moment where she like rejects him for whatever reason and she gives all that stuff up. So I really wanted to write a heroine who would like not give it up, who would be like, okay, <laughs> even if I'm angry with you, I'm going to keep this because I don't know, I earned it. I want it. Hell yeah, they're gifts. She should keep them. Yeah, exactly. I would also keep all the stuff. <laughs> like, I'm I'm not giving that back. All right, I'm not sure if you can answer this, but I am so uh-huh. worried about Juliana's lifespan. That was, like, my number one question, like, when I finished the book. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, she's going to be 75, and he's going to be, like, 550. Or, or is this going to be okay? So what can you tell us, or what can't you tell us? So what I can tell you without like giving any details away is that answering that question and like putting people at ease about it is something that is explored through the series and is answered by the end of the series. So I would like to think that you will have a satisfying ending and answer to that question um, by the end of the series. But actually, you'll start to know in like mm, book three, four, it'll feel a little bit more confident. And I also want to know where Titan got his kink from. Uh, Is this something that he witnessed in culture or did he adapt to Juliana's sugar baby ways and took the role of being a daddy? Uh, So I really, really want to write a second prologue or a first prologue. Um, A fun little uh, aside or or fun fact about it is my chapter one was originally my prologue. Um, but I know a lot of people skip it. So I was like, well, if I want people to read it, I have to put it as chapter one. Um, but I really wanted to write a prologue, um, that I would send out to people that would show how he got this kink and, or more than anything, how he got like the language for it. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think that like Titans always had this in him. Like it was always a part of him. He just didn't have the words for it. And I wanted to do, um, a little scene where we see that Steel sets up the internet for the first time in the 90s and Titan gets on it and of course there's a bunch of pop-up ads for internet porn and he goes on his own (laughs) little exploration and sort of finds what works for him. So basically you don't choose the daddy life, the daddy life chooses you (laughs) is what I'm hearing. (laughs) Absolutely. I absolutely love that. definitely write it so I can read it. I'm obsessed. <laughs> I think that's a great way for him to find it. And it just, I think that just shows why he was so drawn to her too, is mm-hmm. that he knew this about himself. And he was like, well, this is someone who would be able to cater to what I want as well. Yeah. I, I like to think that he saw um, Juliana that first night and was like, oh, this is this is what I've always been looking for. Mm-hmm. So, can you share um, what some of the other gargoyles' kinks might be? Yes. Um, so, uh, the next book is Rooks, and that is primal. Um, then, uh, I'm not going to say the exact order, but there's definitely going to be breeding. Uh, there's going to be a human femdom. Um, so we got like a sub gargoyle. Uh, one of them is going to be a, a brat tamer. I will say, though, like, a daddy kink I'm always a fan of, um, and uh, I love, love, love caretaking in romance, so I think we're going to see, like, some daddy kink elements pop up a lot, um, and also some, like, what I like to call, like, sweet degradation um, mm-hmm. versus, like, you know, uh, I don't know. 
sure how like graphic I can get on this podcast. Are you guys? Oh, you can oh, say well, anything and everything. Away. <laughs> so I like to say when to say like my like good little slut, right? Versus mm-hmm. like dumb little slut. You know what I mean? Like there's a, uh-huh. a sweetness to it. As long as you put my or little in front of anything, it's fine. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or so, even daddy's little slut. Yeah. Oh, yes. Ooh. There we go. We got to have that in there. <laughs> okay. So you have an upcoming release this fall. I have mm-hmm. been seeing the teasers for that cover. I'm excited. Oh, I'm so excited um, to share with you guys. <laughs> uh, Blood Moon, what would you like your readers to know about this upcoming novella? So um, Blood Moon is tied to Titan in that it is the first in a novella series that will um, be all the witches in the coven. And of course, we meet three of them in Titan. We meet Drusilla, um, Hazel, and Violet. And so this first one is Violet. Um, It is all happening in between the stories in the Gargoyle, um, in the Romancing a Stone series. It is not, you don't have to read one to read the other. Um, They're separate. And, And these tend to be a little bit lighter, I think. Um, and so this is, Hazel is the um, owner of a strange, so a paranormal um, bar where she is the potions master and she makes all her great drinks there. And uh, right across the street, a new club has opened up um, that sort of threatens her business. And of course it is owned by a very, very, very attractive vampire. Um, but she doesn't know it's owned by him the first night they meet and they have a very fun night. Um, but when they find out the next who they are, who each other is, um, it, uh, they kind of have a little rivalry that develops. Um, also with a good amount of degradation and exhibitionism and some blood play. Do you have a release date? Um, it should be October 15th. That is the goal. I have been very, um, uh, secretive about the date because I don't ever want to like put something out there and not meet it. And of course, this is my busiest time of year. So that is the goal. That's the plan. It's going to beta readers um, this weekend and we're on track for it. Perfect. Uh, Can I just commend your TikTok presence? I know the app is a huge hit or miss, but I swear every time I get on, which is a lot because I have a problem, uh, you (laughs) are either on like my following page or my for you page. Um, Do you record a bunch of drafts or do you sit down and record every day? Uh, that would be really smart to record a bunch of drafts, but I actually record it every day. Um, and oftentimes um, I do it like first thing in the morning about like mm, five minutes before I have to leave for work. Um, and that's why I'm often like my makeup's not done or my hair's still wet. Um, that's like my big recommendation to people who are on TikTok is because consistency is so important. Um, to just like be okay not looking your best or not having the best lighting so you can be consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I just need to just consistently yes. <laughs> be homeless on the Exactly. App because that's how <laughs> I work from home. So like I just roll out of bed, like, uh, you know, my hair is a mess. Yeah. I, I, that's just what I need to do. Uh, <laughs> along with TikTok, uh, being an indie author means you do all of your marketing. What do you hate and what do you love about this? Um, so like I just said, like consistency is really important, but it's also really hard because it gets in the way of writing. Um, and it really becomes like half of your job as an indie author is not the right, you know, half of it's writing and half of it is like promoting yourself. Um, and so sometimes it's just really 
you know, you, you want to focus on writing. So it's uh, hard to like always force yourself to do that. Um, what's really fun though, is getting to meet so many readers and other writers uh, that really, especially with monster romance, that isn't like a huge subgenre, um, though it's getting there, um, to find people who like what you like and who are really enthusiastic about your work because you don't get that um, connection on really any other social media, that sort of like immediate response um, that you do on TikTok. All right. I'm going to hop in and get into my questions. So starting off, Titan is an MF monster romance. Do you plan to stick to MF or will you be expanding to different types of pairings and romance? Great question. So Steele's book is going to be MMF. So it's going to be him and another gargoyle um, and a human heroine. Uh, and then I have Drusilla's book, who's going to be FF. Um, hers is with a shifter, a mountain lion shifter. Um, and so I definitely have that planned in the future. Uh, but the rest of the, the Romancing Stone series will be um, MF. I love that you have an MMF planned um, and an FF planned. Do you think that you'll ever do a Why Choose romance in the future? Or is that not really your thing? Uh, I am so impressed by people who do Why Choose. Um, how they can like keep that many people or creatures in like their head and their motivations. I just don't know if I am that skilled, at least not yet. So maybe one day in the future, I'd love to feel like confident to do it, but um, not at the moment, not, not planned. <laughs> but I, you know, with the gargoyles, you have so many like tails and holes <laughs> and places to put things that it's almost <laughs> like you want to have as much as possible just so you can like have them all interact in as many configurations. Um, so yeah, yeah, maybe one one in the future. Speaking of tails and holes, <laughs> I saw that TikTok, and I swear, if you do not have one of these gargoyles peg themselves with a tail, I'm gonna be really disappointed. Well, uh, look for book three and four, especially <laughs> the well MMF is definitely gonna have to happen, but the femdom one, I'm so excited to write that scene. Yes. That sounds like it's going to be a captivating read that I know Sarah and I will not miss. I know, because I got to say, the cave scene was probably my, I, I know a lot of people, that was like their favorite sex scene in Titan. It was, it was just, it was so good. I enjoyed it a lot. So I'm excited to see some more smut from you. Uh, well, I'm definitely bringing more smut. So Titan kind of gave us a peek into this universe that you're building in this magic system. Are all of your planned releases going to take place within the same universe, or are you creating different universes for your series? Currently, they're all in the same series, uh, or all in the same universe. Um, like the uh, the witch novella series, which is going to be the Strange Moons uh, novella series, is very connected to um, the Romancing His Stone series. But I also have books plans that will be taking place in like different parts of the country. But it's still the same universe. Um, and then there are pocket universes um, that will be introduced in the Romancing His Stone series that other series will take place in. Um, so it's complicated, but they're all connected in some way. I love when series are interconnected and take place in like different places within the same universe. Because I feel like it gives authors that ability to really build out um, like 
the magic systems and the backstories and give readers a really full picture of what that world is like. Yeah, and it ends up being really tough because you want to, like, give your readers everything that you've figured out. Like, oh, I know how magic can be used in, like, a hundred different ways. But you don't want to overwhelm them either. So to have, like, different uh, series and different stories where you can just share a little bit more um, is just a lot of fun as an author. And then hopefully not too overwhelming for readers. It definitely seems like the best way to go about it. So completely changing gears here. (laughs) If you could pick five men or monsters from mm-hmm. real life or fantasy who would they be okay so this is really tough and I was really wanting to spend my time with this one so I'm sad I only got like my two obvious ones down which is the beast from Beauty and the Beast and Goliath um, but I did like spend a lot of time like going through all um, like just kind of like the Rolodex of monsters in my head um, I was thinking, oh, like, I forgot what his name is from a legend character. He's all red with like big horns, you know. Um, so really, you know, anyone who's got big horns and wings and claws is I, I'm usually a fan of. Oh, you know, who's been really working for me in a way that like is my middle school fantasy is Dream from The Sandman. Um, didn't think I, I was into him. But the last, like, episode when he was very much, like, who hurt you, um, (laughs) I was into it. So my follow-up question is, you say Beast from Beauty and the Beast. Is that while he's a beast or once he turns into a man? Oh, he's so uninteresting as a man. So (laughs) absolutely is a beast. (laughs) That's what I figured, but just wanted to make sure. So what are some of your favorite books and authors to read? Um, So there's quite a few who are like the authors who I go back to again and again. One is Katie Roberts. Um, I think, uh, you know, there's so many of us love her um, and I can read uh, almost anything she writes, but I really love her um, Wicked Villain series. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, like, someone really recently did, like, a, if you've read this book, you should read th- this other book. And they did it with Titan. And then um, you should read Desperate Measures from Katie Roberts, which was, like, the biggest compliment ever. Because um, I love that <laughs> book. Um, I also love Rebecca Weatherspoon. There's something about the way she writes, mostly contemporaries, that just, like, I don't know, itches my brain. It, like, makes sense to me. Um, mm-hmm. And then always Sierra Simone. I love, love, love the way she approaches um, intimate scenes, sex scenes, and kink in general. I think she writes uh, really beautifully with a sort of like a ritualistic uh, and kind of sacred way that she approaches um, sex scenes that I'm always like in awe of and very, very jealous. I feel like that's a good mix. You got some friends who do monster romance (laughs) in there, some contemporary, some darker stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, the great thing about romance is you'll never get bored. There's always another subgenre, trope, or whatever to explore. Very true, especially when Katie Robert is one of your favorite authors, because I feel like that woman (laughs) will write anything. Yeah. (laughs) I love her. So, speaking of writing anything, what are some of your favorite tropes to read, and what are some of your favorite to write? Um, So, my favorite to read, which is just, it must be because I, like, read this when I was first starting to read romance is like the snowed in trope, like anything that's forced proximity, 
Um, but Snowden in particular, it's like, there's no way out. You are in a house, you are in a room, and you are stuck there and you have to deal with each other. Um, so it's just like forced proximity to like an extreme. Um, so I love mm-hmm. that. Um, I also love, um, I love a lot of tropes that are hard, like that feel harder for me to write. Like it's harder for me to write a friends to lovers. Um, I tend to go like rivals to lovers. Um, but I enjoy writing or reading it because I think it's really tricky and I love when someone can do it well. Um, Mm -hmm. As for tropes, oh, and I also love a virginity trope, um, both to read and to write, but it is really tricky to not go down like a purity road with that. Um, Yeah. Yeah, but I just really like when there's like one character who is super, super experienced and the other one who isn't. So then the more experienced one has to like go really slow, check in. There's got to be aftercare. There's got to be like preparation. Um, I guess this all just comes back to a daddy kink, but yeah, you know, it's all <laughs> circular. Everything cycles back to daddy. Yes. <laughs> all right. And my last question, it is the beginning of spooky season. For me and Sarah, spooky season starts now because the minute Starbucks brings out the pumpkin flavors, then it's automatically spooky season. Uh, how do you celebrate and what makes you feel festive this time of year? Um, I love this time of year, uh, especially because I live in Southern California. I live in L.A. and I am not a summer person whatsoever. I am like dying um, and sweating and just like overheated at all time. Uh, so I am so excited when it's September because uh, first thing I do is I go to every single store that has Halloween uh, decor and I find how am I going to decorate my house year round. Um, I've already gotten a few items, like, cause I think Michael's opened up their uh, Halloween section in August. So, um, starting early this year. Um, and then, so that definitely makes me feel festive. I will, uh, probably start my Buffy rewatch. Um, and I'm going to probably, um, go through Hocus Pocus. I, you know, I do all the Halloween movies and, Um, I always hope that there's going to be one day, one day leading up to Halloween or preferably on Halloween that will actually be cold and I can do a (laughs) whole like, um, you know, uh, warm drink sitting um, all curled up on the couch uh, with a blanket watching spooky movies. But we'll see if this happens this year. I would say my favorite. So Sarah and I are both in Maryland. (laughs) So like right now the weather in Maryland is like colder in the morning, but like still getting into like the high 80s by the afternoon which is not my vibe I want it to be like 70s and 60s so like right around this time of year my husband and I always make fall sangria which is like caramel apple sangria it's so good oh that sounds delicious and we it's so good and we always go apple picking and that's like really getting me into fall vibes that's like the whole experience I like wish I could have, but just doesn't exist in LA. Um, but I, I admire it from afar and I'm very, very jealous. Sarah really does the same thing as you as hitting up all the stores mm-hmm. and buying as much Halloween as possible. So what I do to enable her is I just send her cool things I see on TikTok that I know she'll want to buy. Yeah, I almost bought an eight foot skeleton. I mean, I feel like they're, they really are starting to understand how much people love Halloween and they're pumping stuff out, like some really fantastic stuff. They like Bath and Body Works had like a whole Halloween line that I've like never, I haven't bought stuff from Bath and Body Works since like junior high, but I'm now scouring their website for all their Halloween merch. 
So these were all fan questions. They were either emailed to Jillian or through Instagram. Um, if you're not following us, we are at Smut and Spice Pod, and Jillian is at Dame with a Pen, correct? Yes. Yes. So let's start off with um, Alexandria. She said, uh, what is your best advice for writing spicy scenes? Um, so I always feel weird, like, giving advice since I feel so new to this, but um, even though I have been writing for about six years before I ever published, um, but I think about writing uh, sex scenes in the same way I think about writing action scenes where there's, like, a flow that has to happen um, because you just don't want it to end up being, like, uh, this is where one arm is, this is where the other arm is, you know, counting limbs. Um, and so that's where I like really make sure that I'm setting the mood and like having a song that I'm almost trying to follow the flow of, or at least like capture the vibe of. And I find like sitting there and doing it in one take, even if it's editing in it in one take, so you can really get that flow right, uh, to be really helpful. Um, because you just don't want it to have like a choppy feel. That makes sense. Yeah, as long as it's not the song that the oh, guy. God. <laughs> That's exactly where my brain went to, Sarah. <laughs> as soon as she said like a song, I just started uh, 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 singing it in my head. <laughs> I wish I could understand how how that man chose that song, how that made sense. <laughs> I really need someone to report back. I think it's fake. I think the whole it post. Has to be. I hope so. I think the whole post is fake. But if it's not, like, what an unhealthy relationship! Yeah. Like, for two years, and like that's the one he came with every time. <laughs> so then you got to worry about her. She's probably not finishing. No, I'm sure not to that. Guaranteed. Guaranteed, she's not finished. <laughs> Guaranteed. I explained to my husband about that whole uh, Reddit post and everything, and I showed him the TikToks. And now every time that he hears the song <laughs> play as I'm scrolling through TikTok, he's like, "You need to stop." <laughs> <sighs> All right. Next question is from Tiffany K. She asks, "What are your book characters' coffee orders?" Um. So I have to fully admit that I don't actually drink coffee. So this is really, like, tricky for me, and I'm just, like, guessing what coffee orders means. Um, so, like, in my mind, uh, like, just with Juliana and Titan, I feel like Juliana is a person who's got, going to, like, deny herself pleasure or, like, feel like she has to do what is, like, sounds cool. So I feel like she would have, like, a really kind of rich, chocolatey, like, frappuccino. Like, I think she would just go all the way there and not care that it's, like, I don't know the drink that non-coffee drinkers can drink. Um, and I feel like, I don't know, I feel like Titan is going to go, um, this one's tough because on one hand, I feel like he's a black coffee kind of guy, just like straightforward, gets to the point. Um, but I mm -hmm. think he doesn't want to deny himself uh, pleasure too. So it's going to be like some really high end um, coffee. He's like drinking Italian espresso. Yes. That I'm going to guess someone who, find like, understands regions. coffee a lot better than me probably would, like, nail this question. Um, I'm just sort of <laughs> guessing based on what I see other people drink since I don't like coffee. So I was a barista. So okay. I'm going to say okay. <laughs> that there, there are these crazy expensive... So the most expensive coffee beans are ones that are actually monkeys eat them. 
and then uh-huh. shit them out, and then they <laughs> harvest the coffee beans. So there's either that, okay, or there's this very specific mountain in Jamaica, uh, Blue Mountain, Jamaican. I I think he he's he's getting the ex- expensive beans, fresh. He needs them like ground fresh on the spot. Mm-hmm. Maybe like a Splenda, splash of cream, nothing fancy. I like and then that. I think, I think that's right. <laughs> I think you're right about Juliana. Like she's getting like some sweet, mm-hmm. sweet drink that doesn't even taste like coffee, but yeah. has like a million ingredients. <laughs> uh, and maybe the barista semi hates her for ordering it because it has a ton of ingredients. And it has like 65 grams of sugar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's not going to deny herself. Uh, she shouldn't. Especially now she's got a daddy to pay for it. Yeah. She's not going out of pocket. Daddy should buy her that $10 drink. She deserves mm-hmm. it. Precisely. Uh, Tiffany would also like to know, are there other monsters you are looking to explore in the future? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, so the ones that I have like planned coming up, the so we have uh, Blood Moon, which is a vampire and a witch. I don't know if vampires are considered monsters, but you know, they're in the paranormal world. Um, then we have more gargoyles coming. Uh, I have a satyr planned, and um, I'm going to be a part of an anthology at the end of next year that has, um, like, aquatic monsters. So I haven't figured out what I'm doing for that yet, but I do know there will be tentacles, because, I don't know, i got to write tentacles. Um, and then what I know I'm going to do, because I'm obsessed with the Headless Horseman, is um, there's going to be a Headless Horseman book. Um then ghost pirates, aliens, and orcs. I have a very serious question. Does the Headless Horseman also have, like, a detachable head, or he doesn't have a head at all? Um, okay, so the the head is detached, and the head is used. Okay, then you're already, you're already thinking what I'm thinking. Yeah. When <laughs> everyone, he gets to do both at the same time, because he can Absolutely. take his head off. Oh, yes. Um, I actually started writing it for this year, um, but then I was just like, I was like, I think this is going to have to be a book and not a novella, so I put it aside. Um, But yes, we are on the same page. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Have you ever been to Sleepy Hollow, New York? I haven't, and I really, really want to go. I want to go there, and I want to go to Salem. Sleepy Hollow is so cute, and the graveyard is so cool. It's such an old graveyard. I highly recommend a visit. I, I definitely want to go. Um, I think, like, my dream, if I could ever make this happen, is to just be a full-time writer and go to these spooky places at, like, and use writing as an excuse. Um, but Sleepy Hollow is definitely on the list. Salem is cool, too, but I just recommend do not go in October. Oh. <laughs> if you go in October, it is, like, sardines in there. <laughs> Have you been able to go? Yeah, and I went in October, and it oh. was a, a lot of people. <laughs> As long as it's, like, slightly chilly, uh, it'll work for me. I feel like when you're on the East Coast in the States, you, like, travel up and down Mm -hmm. the East Coast a lot. Because, like, everything is within driving distance for the most part. So it's it's a lot easier for us to get to places in, like, New York and Massachusetts than it would be for you all the way over there in California. I mean, like, it's really, like, doing, uh, I don't know, what is it, like, a five-hour flight? I'm not saying I wouldn't yeah. do it, but it is it requires some planning. Megan McBee, uh, was there part of the process of writing or promoting Titan that was surprising to you? Um, I think with writing, uh, 
No, not really. Other than, okay, for Titan in particular, I chose to write Titan because I was just like, I need something fun. I need something enjoyable. I was really actively trying to pursue um, uh, traditional publishing for a while. And I had kind of like veered off of what I really love. And so Titan was like the returning to what I love to read. Um, And I was just the whole time I was like, let me just put in what makes me happy into this book. And so I really was like, I'm going to put it out there. It's just going to be a fun, silly little book. But in writing it, what I didn't realize is like how much I connected to it and how much of like my emotions at the time I was putting into it. So it ended up being like a much more personal project than I ever planned it to be, um, which might sound surprising since it's a sugar baby gargoyle daddy Tom. But but I really like it was honestly like helpful to me um, to and like very therapeutic to write like during the pandemic and everything that's you know going on um so that was really surprising but uh really great too i feel like a lot of people took up writing or expanded outside Mm -hmm. of their uh comfort zones during the pandemic and explored new projects that they wouldn't have previously well i think so many people became readers during the pandemic who weren't before or if they were readers then they were like well now i got time to actually be a writer um and it just kind of like, I think that's why, you know, it all exploded on TikTok and in other places too, but um, it, everything expanded. Question from Literary Haley. They ask, what are your next future projects and are we getting uh, more NSFW? Uh, absolutely, because I don't think I'm able to not write NSFW. It's just uh, my favorite part of writing and of reading romance. Um for, for the obvious reasons, but also because I think you get, like, this real insight to who the characters are by, like, what they enjoy um, when they're with each other. Uh, so, absolutely for the NSFW. And then, so, obviously, next up is Blood Moon. Um, then will be a Gargoyle novella that is tied into the Romancing His Stone series. And that's going to be part of the Monster in Love anthology. Then will be Rook's uh, book, um, which I have to get used to saying Rook's book about a million times. Um, and then should be the aquatic monster novella. And then hopefully before the end of next year should be the third book in the Romancing Stone series, which is Steele's book. And that's the MMF one. All right. I don't know if you want to answer this one because it's evil, <laughs> Pamela. Uh, author Pamela uh, Bellisden, she said, Mary, fuck, kill your gargoyles. I'm not sure how you're supposed to do that. I have thought about this since I saw that question, because it was like, Mary's really easily, because that's Titan. Um, I wrote it absolutely um, what I wanted, and I wrote him. So um, he would be Mary. Um, fuck would be the rest of them. So I don't... That That's tough just to pick one. And to kill, well, there's none of them that I don't like. I will say that, like, probably the most deserving, like, is Dread, because <laughs> he's... Um, He's a little bit of a stick in the mud and like um, sometimes tough to love. Uh, but I, I really do love him though. Um, okay. Huh. Okay. Mary Titan. Then fuck, I think. Ooh. Um, okay. Maybe I'll say steel because hopefully fingers crossed I get two for the price of one. And then kill. I'm going to have to say dread. Not that not that I want to do it, but he's the only one who's, like, gives me a reason. <laughs> okay. Well, we will accept that. Um, 
Because it's it's really funny. Because the answer to your next question uh, that Pamela also <laughs> asked is, uh, they would like to know what relationship you are most excited to write and your favorite monster to read. Um, so, yeah, uh, I put dread in all caps because I am so excited to to write his story. Um, he's going to be the last one in the like five book arc. Um, and the reason I'm really like, so excited to write him is because I, I want to break him. I want him to cry. And then I want to give him his happily ever after. So, you know, the same reason I kind of want to kill him uh, is the same reason I'm really excited to write him. In the, that makes sense. Yeah. We, we love character development and growth. <laughs> um, and then favorite monstery. Is that like, uh, since it's tied together, is it my my favorite like monster or the favorite like type of monster? I I'll, I'll answer as like your favorite like type of monster. Um, I really love like any monster um, that is like, that's why I like orcs. I like um, uh, gargoyles. I like this sort of very like big, um, you know, maybe monosyllabic. Um, they've got tusks or horns and they're very sort of driven and simple in their purpose um and uh you know they find their heroine and like that's it for them and they they must protect her they must be with her um and you know they're very simple otherwise and those are my favorite ones to read it's really funny because sam sends me orc stuff all the time (laughs) because i was scarred for life and i can't read orcs anymore oh why not because it's because the amount of cum that these girls are consuming <laughs> it's too yeah. much their yeah. bellies are hurting they've got to tell them to stop it did something to me and i was like you know what i, I don't know why but this is this is my hard line <laughs> i think that's understandable i can respect that i i didn't think that i would be like very um into like lots of cum and then i guess i wrote it in titan i'm not to that degree but i did write it more than i thought i would and now i feel it creeping into other things i write not to the point of like people hurting but a nice visual like i write omegaverse so i'm down with like a lot of liquid it's Mm -hmm. just like the consuming it as a source of your food you know like here you go here's dinner and then (laughs) that would it it's just too much for me it makes my tummy hurt (laughs) you just want some variety in the diet like just you know maybe on occasion but you you want some other things in there yeah especially because like it was described as a geyser i was like i was like you know what i think i think i've met my limit with with what monsters I want to read. I keep thinking I'm going to so, hit my limit. Um, and then authors keep surprising me with what they write and um, what I end up loving. So I like can never say never. Like if you would have asked me a while ago, like the uh, cum fetish, do you want to read that? I'd be like, mm, not my thing. And then now I'm kind of writing it. So uh, I, I can't even say that I'm like against anything because I'm probably going to love it. The moral of the story is, if you want to torture Sarah like I enjoy doing, just send her TikToks of books where the people have to eat or drink cum in order to survive. <laughs> like, it's really surprising how many there are. You know what I mean? Like, you could see it happening once, but it's it happens a lot. It does. It, it It's too much for me. That's, like, my one thing. I've read a lot. Like, I, I've never... Well, no, I did DNF that because, like, I couldn't get past that. But I've read, like... 
some some stuff that I'm just like none of this other terrible things get to me but this one thing is just like I can't get past it hey it's good to know your boundaries <laughs> <laughs> all right so um books by Brienne would like to know what is your favorite thing about writing supernatural characters or uh paranormal characters um, I was actually going to, like, answer this in an earlier question, too, because it, it had me thinking about it. I love writing, like, supernatural or monster characters because they can be these kind of over-the-top archetypal characters that have these, like, extreme personalities and attributes. You know, you can create a whole culture where they have to do these... Um, like over the top, whether it's like a mating ritual or they're really hyper violent or hyper protective or any of those things, things that you really couldn't get away with writing with human men. Um, you can write with uh, paranormal creatures um, and it just becomes really fun to explore because everything's heightened. Um, so that's that's why I love the parent like paranormal monster romances across the board. I just like you can really go there with them um, and it all makes sense. All right, and our last fan question is from, I'm assuming that's pronounced Amy Bell or Amy Bell. How does Blood Moon tie into Titan? So Blood Moon ties into Titan because it follows uh, one of the witches we meet in Titan, which is Hazel. Um, and actually, when we meet her in Titan, um, she is helping with uh, helping them in their longer quest for, for what they're looking for. Um, and we find out that she actually dated one of the gargoyles for a short period of time a little while ago. So she's, she's very familiar with the penthouse. Um, however, when you read uh, Hazel's story and what she's into, and then you read her ex's story, who's, um, who's Knox, you'll understand why they were not uh, compatible, but they're friends. What advice would you give someone who wants to publish for the first time and is there anything you didn't do that you will absolutely be doing in the future? Uh, I think my advice for anyone who wants to publish for the first time is to do it. Um, I think it's really scary to like, uh, I know for myself, I was right. I've been writing for about six years before I decided to indie publish. And I kept coming up with reasons not to publish. And I kept being like, well, you know what? Actually, I really want to do traditionally published publish. Um, and so I'm going to stop what I'm writing. I'm going to write a whole new thing that's based on that. Okay, never mind. I don't actually want to do that. Let me work on novellas, um, which odd, like funny enough that the um, uh, Hazel, like the Blood Moon novella and the two I already have written. I wrote those before Titan because that was me trying something out. Um, and then I, you know, went to Titan, saw how they were all connected. But uh you know, I could have been in that holding pattern forever of almost publishing, but then getting too scared to do it. Uh, so my big thing is if you want to publish, publish and do the best you can for the place you're at and know that you can always do better. You can always put more money into it later, but you just don't want it to stop you from actually doing it. Um, and then as for what, um, what I would do differently in the future. I feel like, I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm happy with what I did and how, how I've approached it. I think what I would do is give myself a little bit more time for the, um, the editing stage, like sending it off to an editor, setting it off to a proofreader. 
because when you are a like when you're self-publishing and you're doing everything yourself you're just used to your own timeline and I wasn't really prepared for the fact that of course everyone who I'm hiring has their own timeline and has their own stuff to do um, so I would really like work that into my schedule so I didn't end up being this really stressful thing um, right before publishing. Now, did I take that advice for this novella? Not so much, but I will will do that going forward. I feel like everyone kind of has a hard time following their own advice <laughs> most of the time. I mean, that's how you know that like that you have to work on it because you see it, you see how it messes you up and you're like, I don't want you to go through that. All right. Anything else you want to add before we move on to what we've been reading recently? Um, no, I just, this was so much fun. And I, I love talking about monster romances and the spicy scenes. Um, and, uh, you know, how much come there is in monster romances. So, um, hopefully if you are listening and you haven't checked out Titan, you'll take a look at it. It's on KU. Um, and then also say hi to me on TikTok. Um, I'm author Jillian Graves. We really can't recommend it enough. It's such a fun adventure of a book. Thank you. So speaking of books, what have we been reading recently? Uh, my most recent reads are Their Vicious Darling by Nikki St. Crow, which is the third book in her reimagining of Peter Pan series. And I also read What Hunts Inside the Shadows by Harper L. Woods, which is the second book in her uh, Dark Fantasy Fae series. I am also trying to finish my alphabet challenge for the year 2022. So I read Queenie and the Krakens by Alira Anaya series. Uh, to fill in my queue, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, that is a um, why choose merman shifter motorcycle club romance. Nice. <laughs> so it's got a lot going on. Um, Sarah also had me reading some of the Ice Home books by Ruby Dixon because she, f- her, and Sandra both fully fell down a Ruby Dixon hole over the last few weeks. So they dragged me down with them so that we were all reading about blue aliens together. It's a good hole to be in. It is. All right, Jillian, what have you been reading recently? Oh, and as I'm trying to find my, um, my good reads, uh, which I realized I took off my uh, phone so I wouldn't read them. Um, that, that is, I realized that's my other tip for, for, uh, soon to publish or new authors, which is to, uh, limit how much you look at reviews and at a certain point just stop because it's just going to stress you out. Amen. You hear that, Sarah? Amen. I, you know what? That's probably a good idea to delete it on yeah. my phone. <laughs> or oh, you can do what I do, which is I have my boyfriend monitor it. And so I was like, if there's something crazy, like, let me know so I can address it. But otherwise, I don't need to see it. It is very true. Like, I feel like you should read it when your ARC team mm-hmm. is reading it, because a lot of times they're your fans. If there's something majorly wrong, they're going to let you know, maybe a little bit before release, to see if there's anything you can improve on. But at a certain point, you're just going to get butt hurt because yeah. people are mean as shit on <laughs> Goodreads. Um, <laughs> what I found with the ARC readers, and like I would recommend doing, uh, is I sent out a form um that like said like hey put your like a link to your goodreads review and that allowed me to just look up their review like i could just search that as opposed to having to see all of them and then like try to figure out who was an arc reader or not Mm -hmm. so what i've read recently um i struggle with reading fast enough especially compared to like people on tiktok i'm really jealous of their ability to like read that quickly 
Um, so what I recently just read is an arc by um, uh, Brianne Gillian, and she's in one of my writers groups, and she has a novella coming out this uh, Halloween called Sea Creatures Prefer Redheads, which was really cute. And if you like, um, uh, like old Hollywood 1940s, um, like vibes and setting, that's where it's set. And if you like, um, Creature from the Black Lagoon, uh, that's definitely going to be up your alley. And then I'm pulling, I've been doing a lot of audiobooks, um, because I listen to them at work, though that's always a, um, uh, I'm slightly taking some risk because I'm just do not want my uh, headphones to disconnect at the wrong moment. <laughs> However, I'm not sure if you guys saw me post um, about my uh, my like um, coworkers when my book came out. I was did not tell them about my book. Did not not want them to know about the title um, because of course not. Like I want to keep it appropriate. But they found out anyways, and when I came into work the next day after um, it was released, they had cupcakes uh, lined up in the shape of a dick, um, which they announced to me. They said, you know, congratulations, here's your dick cupcakes. Um, so they're very supportive. <laughs> That's good. What a great group of coworkers. <laughs> so I can get into what I've uh, been reading. It's been a hot minute since we last recorded, so I've read a ton. I've read about eight or nine Ice Planet Barbarians uh, and Ice Home books by Ruby Dixon. Uh, I think I'm sated for now, but <laughs> I'm going to go back again eventually. I read uh, Lamb by Kale Mann. Um, that is a demon uh, romance. He is very much a simp. Uh, there is some MF, MMF in there, but it is an MF romance. Highly recommend. I'm excited to see where she goes with the series. Um, I'm very sad because I started the Mount Olympus series on Webtoons, and now I have to wait every week for the next thing, and I'm not patient, and that's becoming very difficult for me. This is why I only read completed fan fiction. <laughs> um, and my favorite thing that I have read lately is A Soul to Keep by Opal Renee, which is absolutely fantastic. If you love Monster and it's kind of creepy, and I mean, he is like ugly, like real ugly. He's got a wolf skull face with orbs for eyes, a really long purple tongue. He's got bones that you can see in his knuckles and in his ribs. He's got fur. He's got uh, like on his arms but he is like so sweet to her and such a dirty talker and I absolutely loved it uh, and I also DNF'd a bunch of books because my mood is all over the place but yeah um I found the I audiobooks like if you if you want me to actually like answer the, the question fully yeah y yes tell us about what audiobooks okay. you've been listening to so I re-listened to Priest because I wanted to listen to um, different voice actors uh, and Priest is just fantastic as an audiobook. Um, and then I started Lola and the Millionaires. However, I haven't been able to like fully get into it yet, not because of the writing. I really want to, it's just work. Um, so that is what I'm in the middle of. 
And then right before that, I finished um, I'm Glad My Mom Died, which is the Jeanette McCurdy um, memoir, which is fantastic. We are huge Catherine Moon fans on this podcast. We did also interview Catherine Moon, so highly recommend Lola and the Millionaires. I hope you're able to finish it soon because it's such a great book. Well, you know, I it is literally my first Omega verse, which I feel very embarrassed to even admit because I feel like I am I'm not a true monster paranormal romance author reader if I have not like fully dived into the Omega verse, but um that is everyone's recommendation of where to start. So I'm I'm really excited for it. Sarah, is that where you started with Omega verse? It is. Yeah. That's where I got hooked. That's what I thought. There's so much out there now, though. Like, it's blown up, I feel like, in, like, the last eight months or so. There's so much more out there than there was, uh, you know, back in 2020 or 2021. I still have people who are very confused by Omegaverse. Well, you know, the thing is crazy to me is I really didn't understand where it came from. And then I don't know if you follow, I don't remember her name, but she's on TikTok. And, like, literally her whole um, channel is, like, like describing and explaining what the Omega verse is. Have you guys seen her before? Are you talking about Burke? I, th- I think so. She's got she like the, curly, um, she has like blondish the, hair. Um, she's always uh, talking about like supernatural as well. And has the huge uh, cardboard yes. cutout Misha Collins behind yep. her. <laughs> yeah. The crazy thing mm-hmm. is, I'm a huge supernatural fan. Like, uh, I, I think I wasn't as like connected to the fandom, but I just like love the show and I've watched it a bunch of times. And I had no idea that that was like the origin of it. It's crazy to me. So that's not completely so like I the think... origin of it. Like, really, it goes further back to like Star Trek. Oh, uh, yeah. Star, so Star Trek would be the main thing. And then that really started, like, fandoms where, like, Omegaverse was pretty much, like, MM only. Mm. Uh, and then it kind of, which, you know, I only got into, like, fanfic recently. And there's, like, a, a lot of MM ships in fanfiction in general. Um, so that's kind of where it started. And then it's just kind of involved into this whole pack thing. And, I mean, so many people have so many different rules for Omegaverse. All right. Anything else we want to add before we wrap up? No, this is just a lot of fun. And I'm learning a lot about Omega Versus. So I appreciate that. You learn something new every day, even when you're on a smut podcast. (laughs) I think especially when you're on a smut podcast. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Jillian. We cannot wait to see where Romancing the Stone books go and what you write in the future. Just know that Sarah and I will be along for the ride and reading everything you put out. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Smut and Spice. Please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We would love you forever if you did. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Smut and Spice Pod. We also now have a Facebook page for the Smut and Spice Podcast. So if you're on Facebook, we would love it if you could give us a like there as well. The intro and outro music featured on Smut and Spice is District 4 by Kevin McLeod. The link and licensing information can be found in the episode description. Thank you so much for listening.